Hey everyone, before we get started, I just want to talk about our sponsor, Anchor. Anchor simply is the perfect place to go if you're trying to start a podcast. First off, free, that's great, but there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Super easy to use, super intuitive, Uh, and then once you have that edited, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places uh, where you listen to podcasts. And when they're distributed, you can start making money from your podcast right away. No minimum listenership. Start getting that anchor money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm right now to get started. Now, the Schooner Pod. Third down and ten. Two timeouts for Texas. Oklahoma by five. Murray lost one up for Catholic. What a catch! With the defender on him, it looked like he snared it with one hand. Grant Calcaterra with two minutes to go. Hello and welcome to the Scooter Pod. We are in hate week. Yeah, that's right. It's OU Texas week, baby. Um, And we have... All of that content for you. We are ready to go. Um, welcome on to the pod, just as usual, uh, my co-host, Ty Lee. Ty, what's up, man? What's going on, everyone? It is Texas Hate Week. It is Red River Week, and we are beyond excited to to get down there to the game. But first, we have some, uh, some podcasting to do, so let's buckle up. Yeah, no, for sure. We have a lot to talk about. Uh, not a ton to talk about Kansas, lots to talk about this weekend, and uh, first things first, uh, we have a little bit of a treat, my buddy, good friend of mine, uh, Chris Eilenstein, Texas Insider, will join us halfway through, uh, a little bit of an audio issue just because, you know, we are out of the uh, sweet, sweet, delicious um, <laughs> Jack studio, uh, it was fantastic, but uh, for this one we had to go remote, which is okay. Um, so don't let that turn you away for too much, but, um, anyways, let's dive in, uh, let's dive in more, just get out of the way, um, let's talk Kansas, and mainly, uh, mainly game balls, which I believe only one man deserves a game ball. Yeah, so, uh, before Bobby spoils it, I think you guys know, uh, I'll just do my offensive, defensive, and then Bobby, you can do yours, and then the pod has ours, so my... Offensive game ball is going to go to uh, Trey Sermon. He had two receptions, 20 yards, and, uh, you know, receiving touchdown, and then 11 carries for 71 yards, and then another touchdown on the ground. So he was the the pretty clear choice for me for the offensive game ball. And then uh, defensively, um, I just picked someone. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean... gotta, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to... To Parnell Motley. I like the way he played, uh, and I like to see some decent play. Granted, it was Kansas from them, but, uh, you know, I did Kenneth Murray last week, and uh, I have a feeling as to who you're going to go with, Bobby. So, let's do Motley. He had five solo (laughs) tackles. Yeah, no, I I, I honestly, um, this this was a bit of an interesting game started off slow i feel like we always are a little sloppy before OU texas uh but you know hey the results happened i don't think this game looked as bad as it um does on paper but hey you know that's how it is 
Uh, mine game ball across the board. I'm just saying it. How do you know? It's our guy. <laughs> Ramondre, the juggernaut Stevenson, had his coming out party. We've been preaching this guy this, since the second he stumbled onto the field. This is our guy. Not only was he doing it on the ground, he was doing it on special teams, laid a dude out. I mean, seriously, I think he might actually be my new favorite player. He, he's been, uh, he's been my, my favorite player. Five carries, 110 yards with a almost 22-yard average, and then a 61-yarder for a touchdown. It was not at all a breakaway run. He was running people over the whole time, and uh, he looked like Marshawn Lynch out there. It was really cool to see. I mean, honestly, it, I, it's absolutely fantastic. And it's also uh, kind of brings up another point. We are transfer you yet again. We haven't brought another transfer in here, making an impact. I think we're going to see a lot more of him in playing time, you know, just, you know, not, not just his garbage time, uh, fourth quarter interception or fourth quarter touchdown every time. Uh, no, he's going to keep, I think he's going to yeah. keep on rolling. Well, I mean, he was, he notes. was getting quarter one snaps. Uh, granted that was against Kansas. And I think part of that was a, a calculated decision to preserve, um, Brooks, you know, the, yeah, Brooks, but, uh, who I fully expect to see, you know, as uh, the main dude against Texas, but Stevenson has shown time and time again that when we put him out there, um, he will get yards and he will run people over. And, and sometimes that's that's what you need is just a run game to just hit people in the mouth. So we are we're big fans of Ramondre Stevenson, and uh, you know that the Scooter Pod has been on uh, the Ramondre Stevenson train from you know, the first time we saw him. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, there's just something about a big running back, just running dudes over. And it, I mean, it's electric. He, we had a guy like that with uh, Trey Millard, um, but he was more like a fullback. This guy is, is a running back blunt forced object. I, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. He's great to see. I, I'm excited to see him out there against Texas. Yeah. He's the unstoppable juggernaut. Um, you know who he is. So I, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty happy to see his career continue without you. But in general, um, not a lot to write home about here. Yeah, honestly, not really a ton. But um, that's <laughs> which I know isn't exciting. But I mean, here's the main thing: we've been waiting for this OU Texas game from the yeah. jump. And uh, I mean, shoot, here we are. It's crazy. Yeah, it feels like the week is, uh, yeah, it feels like the, not the week, but it feels like the season has just gone by in the span of a week. It's been, it's been really crazy. Kind of sad in a way. Yeah, it is, but, but here we are week um, seven now. We still haven't really played anyone, so this is our first real test. Texas, obviously, you got to give credit to that Oklahoma State game and then obviously LSU. Uh, so they're a little more tested than we are, but hopefully that means they're a little more banged up than we are. So uh, you kind of hate to see OU's bigger stuff stacked towards the end when we have to get ready for, for big games, but uh, I'm excited. Sometimes that's that's just how it be sometimes, you know? Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. And I just, I just want to get out of the way right now. Hopefully, um, hopefully somebody upsets Texas. I, I really... 
I'm not concerned about it. I just don't want to play Texas again in the Big 12 championship. I think it, it starts to diminish uh, yeah, the meaning of Red River. I get that. And I will say this, though. I, I don't think it has been diminished. I was worried about it last well, year. Well, we've only done it once, though. Yeah, true. Okay, if we if we did it, rinse and repeat. Like, if we, if we I, play him again this year, which is the most likely scenario right now, and then we play him again next year, and then around the third or fourth year, it's going to start, you know, why does OU Texas even matter? Well, I think. I, I yeah, think that will... I think that'll only happen if... If there are just repeated sweeps, if it's if 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 it's OU sweeping Texas over and over yeah. again, which I don't well, think I don't, will happen, I, I would argue the opposite because last year we lost to Texas in Red River, but then beat them, redeemed ourselves, and went to the championship. So, so I would argue that the the inverse of what you're saying is what makes people think, oh, does this game really matter? Because last year, honestly, it didn't. It, like it, it did matter because we got our chance to see him again, and I think that that's a very plausible scenario again this year. If you know, hopefully the SEC West cannibalizes, um, and that's a plausible scenario. You know, at least for the next few years for OU and Texas, is that either one of us, as long as we win out the rest, um, can can lose Red River, but win the Big Twelve Championship and not have it affect them that much. Yeah, and, and look, I will say this, though. Here's my case for it being all right, is you have to win both. And under any rational circumstances, winning the championship would matter more. I, I definitely concede that. However, yeah. for some reason, the Texas Longhorn fan base has shifted into a glut of Texas A&M and Oklahoma State, where they keep sending Dicker the Kicker gifts and acting like the Big 12 title never happened. If You, if you, you can't have bragging rights if you didn't win the last game and they won't shut up about it. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely just, it makes no sense to me. And honestly, I, I hate to admit it, but it's, it's a little under my skin and I want that hat back. I, I, I want, we need to unite the, the, we need to unite the belts here. Yeah. Yeah. And, and honestly, this is a, this is another thing. Um, I know that OU doesn't have the best record in them, but why are the gold accented uniforms not a thing every year? You know who ruined it, actually? Who? Charlie Strong. God damn it. <laughs> it, was, it was all Charlie Strong. Apparently, he got there, and they were like, yeah, we're going to do these gold accent use forms. And he's like, why are we wearing gold? We haven't won anything. And I'm like, what? But they did. Because of the hat, you idiot. But they won in the gold accented uniforms, didn't they? No, I think he was saying, like, why they are we accenting times. our... Yeah, no, I think he was saying, why are we accenting our jerseys and gold if we didn't win a national title which is so stupid because you it's, it's, it's not That's gold like for Mike a natty refusing to cut his hair until they win the championship or something well that's why he's about to get fired again so <laughs> yeah Fucking i don't Charlie i Strong. wish i i think the gold accented uniforms should be a thing for red river personally i think that should be the thing I, I mean, no, it, I think should. that's cooler than a patch. And, and honestly, and it would sell more. It, you could sell them alongside the normal ones for like thirty dollars more, and people would still buy them up. No, I mean for sure, people still buy them. People still wear them. And if you want, hey, if you want my take on it and the pod's official take on the jersey, just look at the uh, album art you're listening to right now with the uh, gold trimmed everything. So, which is 
totally something I have mocked up already and am not just making it up right now. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. I actually have done that. Uh, but anyways, I think it, it, it's, it's one of those traditions that was we were just completely unfairly robbed of. And yeah. it would... I mean, it, it should be a thing. I'm, I'm not happy about it still. Uh, speaking yeah. of traditions, so Cotton Bowl... What's I, I know I've talked to Jameson about this in last year's pod, but I need your take on it. And actually, no, I, I actually need to ask you about this after because you haven't been to the stadium. But just from an outsider's perfect or, uh, perspective, uh, should it stay? Should it stay in the Cotton Bowl? Yes. Move to yeah, Jerry World? Absolutely. Or, yeah. Okay, it should yeah. stay. It should stay around the fair because that's what makes it a bowl game atmosphere. Otherwise, it's just a neutral site game. Yeah. Like, like if it's here, here's my take on it: is if you're not gonna play it at the Cotton Bowl, give us a home and home, because I would so much rather home and home each year, and I would so much rather go down to Austin, party on Sixth Street, go to the game, laugh at the pride up there in the upper deck, because I hate the pride too, (laughs) and then come back. Like I would so much rather have Austin than than Fort Worth out there in the middle of nowhere where Jerry World is, because like it's just logistically it's terrible in my opinion you know based off the the city and everything and in the bars and where people can stay and getting there it's just logistically it's terrible the atmosphere is totally different and we're gonna play them in the big 12 championship there for the next like infinity so why in the world would we want just two games a year playing texas at jerry World? no i, I, I agree I, I think leave it in the cotton bowl at the fair or just say oh that's cool that was a thing of the past I I think I, no I agree I think home and home would be significantly better than um than than doing Jerry World. Jerry so the World, Cotton, Cotton Bowl and the Fair by far like you know leaps and bounds better than either like option. But if you're telling me that I can choose between Sixth Street and and Austin and then you know Campus Corner or, or Bricktown in in Norman or Fort Worth. I, like, I'm taking the home and home. I, I, there is no situation where I want the Red River game played in Jerry World, especially when I'm getting a rematch in December. I, I also will say in Jerry this. World. Yeah, I, I will say this. I, I think Jerry World is one of the coldest, most most sterile stadiums. It's not good for college football. Kind of, kind of ruins the sound. Uh, I don't. It just. It doesn't feel like OU Texas. It's, it, it, it feels is perfect like a game for with the OU Cowboys. It, it's too much the Cowboys. It it almost feels like you're just simming a game on NCAA, and you picked a weird like generic stadium. It's a perfect stadium for the Cowboys, but it's just not. It doesn't feel like college football. No, I I, I agree. It's. It's just not. It's not good for the sport. It's not good for the rivalry, and uh, hopefully, it stays at the Cotton Bowl. Uh, I know you lose. Couple- I I think if the game moves to Jerry World, um, obviously the whole atmosphere changes, and I think it just it just plummets in terms of, um, you know, just cool factor. Exactly. I, I think you you lose that that whole atmosphere is what makes it different from other rivalry games no for sure and and i think the open ball the cotton ball itself while it is an absolute dump on paper yeah we're gonna have amazing weather this year yeah 
if it uh, holds, I, I think the high is supposed to be like seventy-two. Yeah, it's it's gonna be nice. And yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be sunny, but it's it's gonna be amazing weather this year. We have not had a good weather OU Texas in so long, so I'm yeah, hoping no, knock it on looks wood, okay. knock on wood. But the forecasts right now are looking tremendous. Yeah, no, it it's looking good, and I hope everything stays that way because we I've had way too many OU Texas sunburned, but. Um, uh, I mean, that's still going to be a factor. You're still going to be starting me out there. Uh, it doesn't look like it's going to be cloudy, but at least you're not going to be burning up. You should still use sunscreen. Definitely use the sunscreen. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have like a bucket hat. And stuff. <laughs> yeah, which is a good move. Always a good yeah. move. Um, well, yeah, so kind of kind of talked a little Red River there, a little, little bit yeah. about the uh, um, culture and stuff. I gotta ask yeah, and, you to- and just one one more on the culture. Uh, tune in um, to the blog Wednesday night for a, a little write up and some pictures of the the game ball handoff and then the start of the uh, the run down there for the ball. I know I teased that uh, last week, I think, but um, the Lincoln Riley is is uh, seven thirty in the morning at the stadium. If anyone's up or in Norman or wants to see just a really cool kind of known, but nobody ever really witnesses it uh, tradition of OU Texas, but at seven 30 in the morning at a, at OU stadium. And then at seven 30 in the morning down in, in Austin, uh, the head coaches, Tom Herman and, and Lincoln Riley will be handing off the game balls. Well, one game ball from Texas, one game ball from OU to the, the Navy and Marine Corps ROTC who then runs it. 212 miles from Norman and 224 miles from Austin up to Dallas uh, and they actually meet the Friday before the game and they play a, a flag football game for their own little pride. But uh, that is a, a neat game day tradition that some people know about because they show it on game day and stuff every year. But uh, nobody really knows about the little ceremony before. So we will be attending that, or I will be attending that on behalf of the Schooner Pod and getting you guys some pictures and a, a quick write-up. And last time I went, I got FaceTime with uh, Bob Stoops and spoke with him back when he was a head coach. So if I can get some FaceTime with Lincoln, uh, that'll be in there too. Yeah, no, for sure. We, um, I, I'm really looking forward to that piece because it, it is one of the best traditions of OU Texas. Just the dedication to run all the way down to Dallas is awesome. And, you know, it, it, yeah. it, it, it's just, it's, it's one of those that I, I feel like OU Texas is a much better rivalry than people even know. You know, you see the face, you see the face value of the fair and the, you know, the split, you know, the 50, 50, but you don't see the little things that go into it. And that's, that, that's pretty There's awesome. so many, there's, there's a thousand little things that go into it. Uh, and yeah. Just logistically for both schools and, and everything else it's it's super cool to see you know all the billboards in uh at least in the okc area with the the upside down longhorns on them and and all sorts of stuff like you just see it everywhere it's electric on campus right now uh with the texas hate and it's it's just really cool yeah no i mean it it really is something special and then you cross into Texas and you see the uh, signs that are like, you know, phones, you know, phones down, horns up. And it's it's great. Yeah. Uh, we're not even going to retread the whole horns up or horns down thing, are we? Like that's. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't want to get into that. Um, but, that, you know, a big, big shout out again. We're kind of hopping all over the place. 
it is the official recommendation of the Schooner Pod that because this is an 11 a.m. kickoff, that you enjoy the fair both before and after the game. Yes. That is that is our official stance. That is what Bobby and I are going to be doing and with, with our respective groups and enjoy that fair before and after uh, because there is a lot of great drinks there. And, and Bobby, I know there's a lot of great food. Do you want to talk about that for a second? Oh, of course. Every year they – I mean, as you know, uh, the State Fair of Texas is known for wild food. And, you know, you in hear, a good you, way, though, in a good in, way. You, yeah. You hear you hear these mediocre people bring up fried butter, etc. Yeah, yeah, whatever. But I'm telling you, some of these big text choice awards, we do it every year. We take a look at the best food items. And um, here we go. Let's 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 take a yeah. look. I got I got my list. You got your list. Yeah, so we're going to I'm going to pick my favorite item that I think looks the best for savory and sweet. You as well. OK. Yeah. Um, so, so Katie and I actually looked at this list the other day. So I'm going to give a big shout out to the uh, the one thing that she said she wanted to get as well, because I I know what I saw on here. Uh, it, it's neat that you just sent this to me because we were looking at this and, and planning uh, the other day. So I'll let, I'll let you jump into your savory and sweet, I guess. Okay, so first of all, there are a couple of award winners. Um, best taste, best taste for savory was roof stuffed fried taco cone. Um, sweet was a big red fr- chicken bread. But they, they, I mean, I don't know if those are my favorites. I personally think the one that looks most interesting to me is Fernie's uh, fried burn-in burrito. Um, Ooh, sure, yeah. honestly, that sounds like. It, it, I know it sounds like a lot, but burn-ins are my favorite barbecue item. I'm all about this. Yeah, uh, that's easily my savory pick. Yeah, and, and if you're if you're listening to this right now, please go to the the State Fair of Texas website for the uh, Big Tex Food Choice Awards and and look at these because these are tremendous looking. Uh, yes, meals. it is. It is. I'll just just close their eyes. Try to imagine it. It is a large. This is not. Yeah, you're not looking at fair food. Like this is, like you're looking at some some high quality food here. This is oh, yeah. not what you're thinking of of fair food. This is not the stuff you're getting at the the Oklahoma State Fair. No, offense. no, it's it's yeah, no. All the offense to the Oklahoma State Fair. It is bad. <laughs> um, okay, so it is uh, a large flour tortilla filled with a jalapeno popper spread of cream cheese, savory bacon, Mexican blend she- cheese, mildly spicy diced jalapenos, pepper jack and smoky nuggets of barbecue burn-ins. That's just I mean that's incredible right mm. there. It it that was that was one that really uh really stood out to me as well. It's also portable. That helps. Portable yeah. portability is key. Yeah, so my my savory and the one that I've been looking forward to um, since I saw it is is that fried taco cone like like you just talked about so so if you're not if you're not able to look at the website it is a a taco rolled kind of in the shape of an ice cream cone so it's sealed off at the bottom and then it flares out at the top um, and then it's served in a cone and I just have this this visualization. I'm just visualizing and, and manifesting success right now. Bobby said the burnin' burrito is portable, which it kind of is, but it comes on a tray with a dipping sauce and onion rings and stuff. This fried taco cone just comes in a little paper at the bottom, the taco on top, and I'm just visualizing myself after the game. Oh, you just won. They just covered by 14 points, and I've got <laughs> a fried taco cone in my left hand. 
I've got a beer in my right hand and nothing but time to enjoy the fair. That is what I'm picturing. I'm probably going to get one for breakfast too. This, this fried taco cone just looks amazing. It looks like amazing drunk food. It looks like it's got some spiciness to it or you can add some. And it's just like you can just hold it like an ice cream cone. And that just – I don't want to be held down. I just want to get moving and see the whole fair. Just fried taco cone in one hand, beer in the other. So it's tender, savory, marinated. It's ice cream cone. I'm not going to – it's got queso and, and salsa and all sorts. It's just a – oh, it looks so good. It looks Look so it up. It, it's wonderful. Yeah. Like, absolutely yeah. wonderful looking. Um, yeah. And then let me give a shout out to Katie's was a, a savory as well. Uh, Katie said she's excited for the Texas cream corn casserole fritters. She's really big on uh, like cream corn and like lots of just anything corn based, really. Uh, so she was excited about those. They kind of look like hush puppies, but made of corn. Cream corn and like some yeah no I'm so they're scared. made of cream corn kernel corn sour cream cheddar cheese and cornbread chopped bacon diced jalapenos so uh, they look good too little popper thing I mean I'm definitely gonna try one when we get them but oh yeah no those are delicious try everything try everything on this list really yes they got a yeah, they got a southern fried chicken fettuccine Alfredo ball thing that has asparagus in it and stuff. I don't know, but it's not, not super portable, it, but looks but good. Yeah. Oh, I just can't. Just I'm just visualizing myself with this taco cone in one hand and, and a beer in the other. And before we leave savory, of course, it should go unsaid. Gotta get that Fletcher's corny dog. The king. Oh, yeah. King. Oh, I forgot. That's what I'm gonna do. That's what we're gonna do for breakfast. Hands yeah. down. You can do multiple things for breakfast if you want to, but the corny dog is yeah. it's the king of kings. And, and you I'm, gotta make sure you gotta make sure you get the Fletchers. I've been warned about that. Yes, because there are so many just generic corn dogs, it's easy to fall good. into that track. It, no, because yeah. they suck. They're just normal corn dogs. But the Fletchers, it's it's worth the line. Do it. It is a rite of passage. For OU and Texas fans all around the world, uh, gotta do it. Um, let's move into a little savory, or a little sweet, rather. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, first things first, I'm just gonna go, jeez, uh, this is this is tough. I'm not a big savory, or sweet guy. Um, yeah, I'm not a big sweet guy either. Yeah, but if I had to pick um, one, I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm just, this is... <laughs> This it this does look good, but I'm gonna do it anyways. I'm gonna go with the flamingo flamingo tango. It's a uh, mango. Uh, okay, a creamy ma- mango twist fried and drizzled with a lucky citrus. Gla- I don't know what this is, but what I want from it, they have a little flamingo on top that looks cool as shit, and would definitely be something I would want to. I would. I, this is a purchase I would make like while hammered just to get the flamingo. <laughs> it's just. It's literally just the most generic, just flamingo stirring stick that I've ever seen. <laughs> I don't care. I, okay. I once I once spent like forty dollars on a Fletcher's corny dog uh, shirt because I was drunk and sad. Uh, so I don't know. A couple coupons for a flamingo thing and some sweets. Uh, that wouldn't be that, that wouldn't be the worst drunk purchase. One one of my goals from the fair is to get an air sprayed shirt as well. I don't know why. <laughs> ever since ever since I saw the picture on Old Row of the kid with the fire Mike Stoop shirt and just the shit eating <laughs> grin on his face, and then Mike Stoop's getting fired the next day. 
It has like the cookie monster on it. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, this I guy, do. I'm sure everyone listening is he's got like the cookie monster on his shirt and then it just says fire Mike Stoops. <laughs> That's just I want something just so ridiculous like that. For me to like I want a shirt with like Elmo on it that says like Tuck Fexus or something. <laughs> like, something <laughs> ridiculous. Just the most or like a like a shirt with elbow on it that just says BMFS. I'll just tell him it's my initials or something. Like I just want something super far out like that. Yeah, something um, something hilariously vulgar, including Sesame Street and talking shit yeah, on Texas. Yeah, like I want like one with like Big Bird that says like "fuck them kids" or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. Anyways, for, for sweet. Um. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna just go out of left field here because I'm not a a real sweet person. I'm gonna go with the big red chicken bread, which is not at all what it sounds like if you're not looking at this. So I'm just gonna read the description verbatim. So this new fair favorite starts with homemade, light, fluffy, melt in your mouth, big red flavored frosting. I don't know what that means. It's like trademarked. <laughs> I don't know what big red flavored frosting is. It's like uh, a soda. It is red in color. Oh, okay. Must be a yeah. Texas thing. Yeah, and yeah it is a with, Texas thing. Okay. And served with savory fried chicken wing resting in the middle of a donut. So long chicken and waffles. Hello, big red chicken bread. Honestly, the more I listen to it, the the worse it sounds altogether. <laughs> a soda-flavored donut <laughs> or a soda-glazed glazed donut topped with a fried chicken wing doesn't sound that great, but I can eat the chicken wing separately, which comes with little sunglasses. Ah, damn it. Um, you, you kind of beat me here with the sunglasses. Yeah, the little I, I totally chicken, overlook the, the sunglasses. comes with some sunglasses, and then I'll probably just throw the donut away, honestly, which is kind of a cheat around the, the sweet thing. But uh, I'm not really, like, especially when I'm drinking, I don't really want anything sweet. Yeah, it doesn't really... Everything looks super, super sweet. I mean... My my second choice is probably the deep fried Bayou fruit bites, uh, just because it's got fresh fruit wedges on a I don't know it looks like sopa pia bits or something. <laughs> it's got M and M's too. I would just eat the strawberries off of it. Yeah, everything just, else just looks sickly sweet. It all of this all of this is too much. I wouldn't. I, I would just use those coupons on more beer. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't recommend getting... I mean, there's a bigger list of some stuff that... Like a... Wasn't good enough to get on the uh, photos. So, Yeah. Deep fried Cracker Jacks. Deep fried Energy Bites. I, ew, I, that's, that's weird. What is that? that I'm is, thinking like very... little Gatorade chewy things. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I, I, I was thinking like it was deep fried monster, like something for all the chads out there. Ooh, a champagne jello hot shot. I wonder if that actually has champagne in it. It's got champagne in it. This could if it's champagne flavored, it, it would just be shit. I'm gonna Google this real quick. I know we're dragging on. I'm trying not to, but we can try to cut this. Champagne jello hot shot. It does have champagne in it. Okay. I'm gonna change okay. my recommendation. Maybe we can leave my thing in. I don't know. I'm changing my recommendation to the Champagne Jello Hot Shot. It looks like it also comes with a little plastic uh, garnish, like a little plastic star stuck in it. But if that is in fact Champagne Jello shots, that is a that's my official recommendation for sweet. Boom. Yeah, I 
Yeah, no, I, I just get more beer. Um, particularly, I will yeah, say this. Yeah, find a sweet beer. Yeah. You know what also, well, you know what's back is the corn dog ale from Ooh, Revolver. I'm so excited. I'm, uh, we are, I missed it last year. I was too depressed really? to go look for it. I did, yeah. I actually, Who well, had no, it? someone, someone was pounding it. Was it Buso? Buso had it and loved it. Yeah. He had a, he said the mustard rim was really good. Ooh, I'm so excited. I, the yeah. mustard rim just sounds amazing. I, I don't mean, know why. I don't know why, but it sounds amazing. That does sound really amazing. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited for that. So, um, but yeah, most of all, just take your time at this, at the fair. If you're really trying to rush in and out of this place, you, you're going to have a bad time. Uh, Show up early, you know. Fight through your hangover. We we're all in this together. Shove just shove a bunch of corn dogs in your in your face and drown that hangover out with a bunch of you know, bunch of hot dogs and and, and corn breading. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's usually what works for me. So, uh, anyways, I think we should just kind of segue, you know, skip right into our uh, little. Little conversation with our uh, buddy Texas Insider Chris uh, Chris Eilenstein. Uh It's a pretty good look at the Longhorns. Pretty good uh, preview of the game. Uh, just talking about OU on both sides. So we're uh, yeah, let's kick into that. So all right, all right. We are back with TCU grad and Texas Insider Chris Eilenstein. Chris, how you doing, man? I'm glad to be here, Bobby. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's it's hate week. Having a good old time. So, uh, yeah. Let's let's just get right into it. You know, talk some Texas here. So, um, yeah. Uh, first off, Sam Ellinger. This is probably you know the biggest part of Texas. Obviously, uh, is ha- I, I think he's really improved from this past year to this year. Uh, what do you think has been the biggest uh, improvement in his game so far uh, this year? Um. So from what I've I've observed, I think his passing has improved. He's been less of uh, a part of the rushing offense and more of strictly a passer this season. They're not really looking to use him a lot in the read option. He's making his way through his progressions, and uh, they're definitely completing a lot more of the big passes down the field this year. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Ty, what's your take on Ellinger? Sam Ellinger sucks, dude. (laughs) (laughs) He's ass. He's a system quarterback. Very and insane. I'm not really sure why he has Heisman odds. And frankly, sometimes he looks like he has hemorrhoids. Well, that's uh, going to get cut from the podcast, but uh, very insightful. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, so it, it, it could be worse. We could be telling kids how to buy the best of Limp Biscuit on the dark web. So that is something which is something we actually. Bobby's podcast is about to get canceled. Yeah. Uh, if we had this viewers, it would already be. <laughs> this podcast would already be shut down. Uh, but anyway, basically I don't know. say whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, it is technically rated R-ish. Um, <laughs> anyways, so I kind of think Ellinger has improved this year. And I, I, you know, from just look at the backlog of the schooner pod, etc. I've dogged on him, but I do think he has taken a um, jump. I think he has improved, uh, and I think it really is because they're not running him as much. And obviously, he's still a gifted runner, but I think his his ability to focus in has um, really improved his game. Uh, but 
you know, we'll, we'll see. I, I think I think it will be a very interesting test for him on Saturday. Now, I I will I, I got to ask this now. Also, how do you think he stacks up against Jalen Hurts? Like, which quarterback do you think's better? And basically, tell me why you think Ellinger is because you're wrong. <laughs> well, I will say that uh, I would like to have Jalen Hurts strictly from the experience standpoint because he's played in two national championships in the SEC spotlight and all of that. Uh, I will say that I do like Ellinger's got kind of, you know, a sort of, I don't want to say Baker quality, but that sort of confidence and swagger that I don't know if Texas has had for the last few years. And at least he's been in the Red River before, so he kind of gets it. Um, I will also say I think he's a little better of a passer potentially than Jalen. He's not as, I think Jalen has quite a good running quality to him. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's a... Statistically entirely false, but okay. Uh, we can we can roll with Sam Ellinger's sixty something completion percentage and try to compare it to to Jalen's seventy six. But okay. I mean, you know, I think they're you got to look at the targets down the field. I don't know how far Jalen's actually throwing it down the field on most of his plays. He does have quite an array of good yeah. receivers to throw Which, to. Honestly, that's yeah, that's that's a good point, and that's a good segue to. The fact that Texas's receivers also suck and can't even match up against OU's. So, <laughs> unfortunately, like he just said, OU is better at quarterback and at wide receiver. I will say um, this. I will say this. I think the concern about him throwing deep is is valid. He hasn't really needed to do it a lot. Um, a lot of OU's offense has been a lot different than it has in the past. A lot smaller, you know, chippier type of passes. So we really haven't seen him throw deep at all, which I think that's a fair concern. And Bobby, this is actually um, kind of one of the matchups I'm looking forward to Saturday because I will say Texas defense has not been super good this year, but where they have been good has been the defensive line and the linebackers with obviously all the injuries to their defensive backs. So I think it'll be up to Jalen Hurts. He's going to have to actually push the ball down the field a little bit Saturday. Yeah, definitely. And I think – I think that with this young offensive line uh, OU has, it's going to be very interesting to see how they do against a Texas team that, honestly, they've never seen this size this year. So they haven't seen this size this year so far at all. We have a couple issues with uh, some injuries at tackle. Um, So it's, I mean, this is a huge test for OU uh, on the O line. Um, A lot of people are talking about the Texas defense because of those injuries. Caden Stearns is, obviously just that that's you, you do not want that to happen at all because I mean I I think he's the best he, he, going into the season he was my preseason defensive player of the year for the big 12 so obviously you want him against an offense like Oklahoma um, but if they can get to Jay if they can get to Jalen it's it's going to be interesting yeah they have a couple um, couple linebackers and a couple guys emerging on the defensive line this year that maybe didn't get the playing time last year um, thinking of maybe like Joseph Asai and you know, you got Keandre Coburn, a couple of those guys up front. So we'll see if they can either get to him or maybe spy, keep him inside, not let him just take off running like he's been doing. For sure. Definitely. Now, I got to ask, is there one player that you feel like hasn't gotten a lot talked about that we haven't really seen yet? You know, that um, maybe last year, you know, if you're just if your last time watching Texas was in the Sugar Bowl or the Big 12 Championship Someone who might I don't know jump out at, jump out at you as like an X factor that will uh, kind of come up come out of nowhere in the Red River. 
Um, you know, I'd like to say at least Devin Duvernay, number one on wide receiver. I know he's, you know, he's gotten his, a lot of playing time through last year and whatnot, but he's kind of, he's emerged this year. I think his efficiency is over 80%. He pretty much catches almost everything. And he's uh, probably one of the better wide receivers Texas had in a little while. But he's a little bit different because the other receivers have a lot of the size factor to them. He's more of a speedier, smaller guy. I think he's 5'11 or 6 foot. So I think that might be a good option on offense. Yeah, I I actually had to uh, put out an article today about, you know, kind of previewing Texas. Duvernay was uh, my player to watch along with Ellinger just because it would be silly not to put Ellinger as your guy. But Duvernay is present, presents a big threat for OU because OU has kind of struggled with um, kind of slot guys recently. And he definitely would fit that mold of, um, I don't know, kind of that, that guy to really have a blow up. Um, speaking of other receivers, though, Colin Johnson has been out since the Texas or Oklahoma State game. Uh, wasn't ready to go against West Virginia. Have you heard any word about him uh, uh, suiting up for Red River? Or? So from my press conference this morning with Te- uh, Tom, I did hear that he had a full practice at least yesterday. So I think they're probably looking to play him. I don't know to what extent. But they also do have a couple other receivers in Brennan Eagle, Eagles and uh, Malcolm Epps who are kind of a similar 6'4", 6'5", frame who they might use for some size on the outside. For sure. For yeah. sure. That's a, that's one of the big things. No, Duvernay, I think, is a, a tremendous receiver. I remember seeing him a couple times this year. But he does not worry me as much because we have guys that can keep up with him speed-wise. Um, skill-wise, I don't know. There's always going to be mistakes there. But I worry about those big guys because we don't have big guys out there in the uh, – in the secondary really at all from what i've heard from ou's defense i mean i think they've improved quite a bit this year from last year um from what i've heard especially with the run defense with the defensive line and the linebackers so i'm kind of looking for those big guys on the outside maybe take advantage of size difference if there is a big yeah yeah i really expect ou to have a lot of difficulty with like 10 12 yard out routes especially because Ellinger is going to be able to just put it up there where uh, our guys don't really have a chance at defending it, even if they do it perfectly just because of the size. that The size is really what what worries me. I'm not too worried about a deep ball threat, but uh, just picking us apart pass yeah. by pass. Yeah, and that's, that is really kind of a downside to uh, the, philo- the speed D philosophy. I know you're uh, – I know, Chris, you're similar – kind of familiar, I guess, a little bit with... Uh, I don't know how familiar you are with Alex Grinch from his time at Washington State or not. I know you have ties up there. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that that really play loose, play fast philosophy is great, especially when getting 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 uh, pressure to the quarterback. But, you know, you can get burnt. And that's something I think... Uh, think I, I think that's something to kind of circle for uh, Saturday. Yeah, that's, that's something he definitely probably had to work with at Washington State, them not having, you know, the sort of talent level that OU had, especially they're a little undersized on defense, so he probably had that sort of mentality. But I think he's working with a much better group, so I think it's more probably improving some core fundamentals for OU's defense and just not getting burnt because I'm sure they do have the talent to have a good defense at some point. Yeah. Definitely. And, and I, th- I think that's really a key uh, where we've seen a lot of improvement with OU's defense is that like you were saying, the the D line and the linebackers, and I think when we look back at Red River last year, 
one of the things that really caused OU to lose the game was the inability to contain Ellinger. Um, so it kind of concerns me that he hasn't been running as much this year because obviously he didn't lose that talent. So that should just mean that he's a little bit better rested and significantly less banged up. Um, so I would still be worried about a big running threat from Ellinger, but hopefully our little bit better coordinated defense can kind of mitigate that some because that really was a big thing they contributed to OU losing was not being able to to contain Ellinger on little runs yeah, yeah. and El- and Ellinger's health was a huge factor in that big 12 title game mm-hmm. you could just tell it in the play style you could pl- tell it in um you know uh the play calling it, it was it was night and day so Ellinger being healthy uh is going to be a huge plus for the Longhorns yeah uh, uh, okay, so we're kind of wrapping up here, um, but before we go, let's let, let's look on on this from your side. So, uh, what are you most worried about uh, from the OU perspective? Uh, of of the what, what are you most worried the Longhorns have to do to win this game? What is what is the biggest thing they have to shut down with OU here? I mean, I think I just got to stick with the receivers. You have CD Lamb, uh, Charleston Rambo, just a talented wide receiver group. And Jalen Hurts does have the potential to, if they do want to air it out, really take advantage of the the DB injuries. Um, I believe DeMarvin Overshawn and B.J. Foster are both healthy, so maybe that brings a little something back to Texas defense, but they're still missing Caden Sturz, which is obviously a huge blow there. So, Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, um, yeah, well, I think that's uh, – do you have anything else to add before we uh, let you go here? Uh, what do you think about the ten and a half spread right now? Just curious from your honest perspective. Ooh. I know you told me earlier in the week you think OU, OU rolls away with this one, but I want to hear the honest perspective on what you think about the spread. This is this is a tough uh, situation, uh, and we'll get into this later in the pod when we have our picks and everything. But yeah. I think that this could be one of two things. It's I, I think it's either uh, just a complete layup, easy cupcake of a of a pick. But I also think this might be Vegas trying to set something up for people to load up on Texas um, because, I mean, I, I think Texas has a lot of vulnerabilities. Uh, we'll really see. Uh, I, I think I think I think Vegas is putting out a little bit of a um, little bit of a I don't know a tasty treat for mm-hmm. people to try to take, and uh, I don't know. I, I think it I think it is too high, but also. There's something in the back of my head. It's the, it's always the optimist in me thinking that OU might be able to break this thing open and win a pretty good, pretty good, pretty big game. But yeah, um, personally, overall, yeah, I don't know. You can finish, Bobby. I didn't mean to jump in. Oh no, I I, I probably was just going to say the same thing over and over again. Um, frankly, I don't know. I I would say that it's. I'm going to go on the side of saying it's a trap. But also, I would just I just stay away from this line, honestly, because I think this game either ends with Texas Texas winning a close one or OU blowing it out. Yeah, that's I mean, you know, I was looking at it. I'm just it's hard for me to take a ten and a half on a, a rivalry game of any kind, especially yeah. these teams are both talented and they're obviously going to play as hard as they can because it's a rivalry game. I just thought it was a little bit big of a spread for me personally, but well, yeah, no. The way the way Texas matched up against LSU, especially what I was telling uh, a lot of people earlier, is I would have loved to have seen this line open at seven and a half OU. 
I think that's a lot more competitive of a line. Uh, just, you know, just over a touchdown, maybe, you know, an eight point line OU. But uh, I don't know. I, that, uh, that 10 and a half or 11, whatever it is, I, that's still a little high for me. I, I still think it's going to drop uh, later in the week, but we'll see. Yep. All right. Last, last question. This is your first OU Texas <laughs> game. Uh, I'll ask Ty this later as well. What are you most looking forward to about the whole experience at the Cotton Bowl? Uh, getting drunk at the fair. Can I say that? But, but uh, no, for real. I <laughs> no, you cannot say that. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, I've been to the state fair a few years ago, but obviously I wasn't a part of the game. So I guess I'm just looking forward to see all the hate that OU's got to bring. I'm looking forward to those colors in the stadium and uh, hopefully just a really good game. What I'm hoping for. Yeah. Down to the wire. Yeah. Very, very diplomatic appearance. Uh, you will be invited back on. Uh, we <laughs> try to keep it professional for the podcast, not like the Instagram DMs I send you. Oh, yeah. We, we, kept, it, we kept it clean for the uh, on the record pod. Uh, <laughs> hey, man. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you got a career to worry about. You can't, we can't get, we can't get, we can't roll around in the mud. Trying to boost this to the top of the charts with part of my take, Bobby. I try. There you go. We're, we're like, <laughs> We're like the lowly, lowly krill that will get you up to the uh, big fish of part of my take. Oh, nice. All right. Hey, great insight. Thanks for, uh, thanks for coming on, uh, Chris. Appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me, guys. I'll have to listen to the full podcast once it comes out. Text me, Bobby. Cool. Yeah, for sure. We'll, we'll just edit it to have you just say a bunch of curse words and make fun of Texas. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I'm looking just... forward to a good weekend with you too, Bobby. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, uh, yeah, definitely. I'll um, I'll see you Saturday, man. All yeah. right, see ya. Thanks, right. Chad. Bye, What's guys. Name? Chuck, Chad, Chris. Later, dude. <laughs> see ya. All right, bye, guys. Okay, we are back. Thank you for uh, talking about Texas, Chris. We tried our best not to vomit during the whole thing, but you did pretty good. So, uh, let's actually talk a little bit about the Sooners. Because I feel like we've talked a lot about Texas. But let's talk about OU on the field a bit. Uh, Ty, let's just get right to it. What do you, how do you think OU is going to look when they come out on Saturday in the Cotton Bowl? I think we are going to look offensively. Uh, so I'll, I'll go defensively first. I think defensively we are going to look a lot more like we did last year. I don't think we're going to look as confused, but... I think that Texas is going to be able to put up points and move the ball on us significantly easier than anyone else we've played. I, I don't think anyone doubts that. And I think that a lot of people are going to feel very nervous about this defense. Um, but I think that they're improved enough to prevent it from really becoming a shootout. Definitely. Um, offensively, I expect us to look a lot more like a pro offense. Our offense has already kind of started to lean a lot more towards a pro style offense this year, just with the the types of runs and then the types of passing that we're doing uh, is a lot more what you see from, from pro style offenses. So big, I almost want to call it power passing. You know, you're running a, a slant or like a mesh across the middle um, with, with a space that's opened up by the linemen and the linebackers either biting or dropping back, uh, and you're getting a lot of tight end and a lot of running back and a lot of receiver catches right there in the middle of the field that are pretty much tackled immediately. 
uh, we've kind of been running that this year already, uh, and it still resulted in big plays because our guys are, you know, like the CeeDee Lamb or one of his touchdowns last game where it was just a, you know, a 12-yard slant, but the guy didn't wrap him up and he just exploded away. So I don't expect Texas to be that sloppy. So I think our offense will look a lot more like a pro team out there, which is a good thing because uh, we need to be able to, to have a pro-style offense and, and performance, you know, a lot less flashy plays and a lot more just consistent 5- to 10-yard plays. Uh, yeah, I, I think... But that is that is what I expect to see and hope to see, like, realistic expectations. That's what it's going to take for us to win. Yeah, no, I, I think that it's going to take a lot of measured offense uh, to win, just playing that time of possession a little bit better. And I think the biggest key on defense... Really, I, let, let's, I'm just going to cut to defense just because you did defense first. Um, yeah. Look, it, it's that aggression. Uh, OU can't beat Texas head-to-head in a straight fight. They're going to out kind of muscle us at times. So what we need to do is kind of go with the Trey Brown strategy of sending all, sending everyone, just try to create turnovers, you know, speed D as usual. And yeah. I, th- I think really making the pressure, putting that pressure on Sam Ellinger to keep up with that OU offense, which is going to yeah. score a ton with this depleted Texas secondary. Um, that's going to be key. And on, yeah. on offense, we, we, talk, we talked a little bit about this in uh, our, our talk with Chris. Um, but really, it, if, if, if Jalen Hurts can stay upright and get out of pressure and you know get some scramble, get some scrambling going... Um, I mean, that, that's key because Texas has struggled against running quarterbacks. They struggled against Spencer Sanders at times. Joe Burrow even ran a little bit, which is nuts. Um, mm. But I, I think Jalen Hurts' ability to run and stay calm in the pocket um, because it's, it's, it's going to be tight. It, uh, that's, that's the key on offense. Get the ball to your receivers. OU's receiving core is probably one of the best in the country. And um, it's pro- it's OU and Alabama, I think, one and two mm-hmm. on the receiving core end of things. Um, so just just get, get the ball to your guys, play good on off on the O line, and I think OU is going to handle this game. So yeah, yeah, I I don't think it's unrealistic to say that I would expect Hurts to look like Tebow out there. Uh, I think he's going to be running a, a lot more. Baker Manziel style plays, you know, where it's broken down and you're just using sheer talent to make something happen. I expect to see that a lot more, obviously, because it's the best defense we've faced so far. So I'm excited to see what our team can do when things are on the line. Yeah, I mean, I I am too. I, um, because this, let's be real, this is the real game that we've been waiting for. This is the moment we get to see this defense tested. I think the offense is fine. Yeah. I don't have any concerns about them. Well, let's this see how is, they can This stop is them. really the game that I would argue is the one where no matter how this game goes post, I know it's seven weeks into the season, but we still really don't know about this OU team. And I think after this game, that's where we can really set expectations for OU, realistic expectations, because we really didn't know um, coming into this season what this team was going to be, and it was almost a rebuilding year for OU, and it may still be. We, we may not make the playoffs, uh, which would qualify this as a rebuilding year for OU. So who knows, but uh, I'm not going to set my 
into the season, postseason expectations for OU until I see this game. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, the next real challenge we have before uh, any postseason would be, well, Texas again. So we're going to find out a lot about OU on Saturday, and uh, hopefully we leave the Cotton Bowl feeling a ton better. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that is, uh, I think that's it for our uh, OU Texas preview. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. It's always a pleasure. Thanks for bearing with our audio issues. It, it's, it's, it's a bit of a struggle here at times, a little bit of an adjustment back to the plebeian life, but that's all good. We'll be back with uh, better audio coming up soon, so uh, please keep listening. Um, also, make sure to wait a little bit in our week for our OU Texas predictions, as well as the other predictions for the week uh, in our picks pod coming out on Thursday. That'll be pretty pretty good stuff. A lot of good week, games in college football. So if you want that, if you want us to get updated for all that, make sure to subscribe to us on any podcasting platform. We are on all of them. Just You, you, you can take my word for it. We're there. Um, <laughs> and also, we, we have a lot of other great content coming this week. Uh, I got, you know, we got our uh, OU Texas, you know, written preview uh, Ty has that uh, awesome coverage on the um, on the game ball run. I don't know what yep. the official term for it is. Game ball run. I, I, they call it running of the game ball. I, I don't know if there's a term for the ceremony that I'll be attending. That's about right. Yeah, I'm but, not going to be. I'm not going to be running down there alongside him. No, you're, you're <laughs> doing, doing journalism things. You can be. In, you'll, you, you just need to ride next to him like a little golf cart or like a lime. Yeah, <laughs> yeah on a lime. <laughs> How's it going, guys? <laughs> um, but yeah, no, check that out. That's going to be great content. That uh, you know, hey, that's that's kind of a kind of a boots on the ground like schooner blog exclusive there. So check that out. Um, yeah, just check us out for uh, or check out at Insta Schooner for all of our memes because we will have. All of them hot memes yep. for the Red River game. Got some Texas memes coming tomorrow. Yeah, definitely. It's it's gonna be good stuff. So make sure to follow us. Get that content. So we will see you on Thursday, where we'll be talking our predictions, our picks, and uh, yeah, that's about it. So thank you guys so much for listening, Boomer Sooner. I've been working on the railroad all the live long day. I've been working on the railroad just to pass the time away. Can't you hear the whistle blow? Rise up so early in the morn. Can't you hear the captain shouting? Dine to blow your horn. 